You're about to listen to an episode of Legally Fonds. This episode is brought to you in association with LawSchool.ie. LawSchool.ie is Ireland's leading provider of tuition for the FE1 or King's Inns entrance exams. Each course is delivered live online with a specific exam focus and supported by the latest manuals. Shorter, pre-recorded workshops are also available and courses commence every year in June and November. Register anytime at lawschool.ie and for a 10% discount on any course, just use the discount code LEGALLYFOND. In this episode of Legally Fond, Pierce gets indignant. Gavin has often said to, to us, you know, I don't pay you to, uh, to shite on on these things, but the reality is he doesn't pay us at all. And Alex gets tongue-tied. Great mini-lapis. Mini, sorry. Welcome to episode six of Legally Fond, the Pepsi Challenge. discussing in this episode is called Leonard versus PepsiCo. It's an American case, the first American case we've discussed, and what a one to start on, because it's the most American of American cases. I think you might find it kind of ridiculous, but you'll learn a bit of law about it too. Alex, give us the background on the case. An offer arose out of a commercial Showing a well-coiffed teenager preparing to leave for school. So the point of this ad was to advertise this sales promotion that Pepsi was running. By buying cans of Pepsi, you could collect points, and you could also buy points too. Introducing the new Pepsi Stuff catalogue. And then it goes on to list all the things that Pepsi would give you if you earned enough points. So an example would be a t-shirt for 75 Pepsi points, a leather jacket for 1,450 Pepsi points, and so on and so on. Towards the end of the ad, as the judge in this case so eloquently put it, the Harrier jet is not yet visible, but the observer senses the presence of a mighty plane as the extreme winds generated by its flight create a paper maelstrom in a classroom devoted to an otherwise dull physics lesson. Finally, the Harrier jet swings into view and lands by the side of the school building next to a bicycle rack. Several students run for cover. The wind strips a hapless faculty member down to his underwear. While the faculty member is being deprived of his dignity, the voiceover announces, The more Pepsi you drink, the more great stuff you're going to get. The teenager exclaims, Sure beats the bus. <laughs> and chortles. So, the teenager, helmetless as the judgment does, adds, uh, is a Harrier fight. <laughs> Sorry, chortles. <laughs> He guffawed Sure beats the bus So yeah The teenager Opens the cockpit Of the fighter And can be seen Helmetless Holding a Pepsi So then up pops on screen The words Harrier Jet 7 million Pepsi points Drinking 7 million Pepsi points Worth of Pepsi Probably isn't So good for your health So What this Savvy fellow did Is he had a few Pepsi points and then he purchased the rest of them for around $700,000, which he managed to find somewhere among acquaintances. So out of that, what happens? He takes them to court saying he wants his Harrier jet. Is this guy an idiot or is he a genius? 
Well, well this guy is actually typical of the Pepsi generation, according to himself. He is young, he has an adventurous spirit, and the notion of obtaining a Harrier jet appeals to him enormously, according to himself. It's quite interesting. I mean, I'm amazed that he managed to scrape up $700,000, as Alex says, from acquaintances, which seems quite vague. And I think he kind of knew what was coming. In fact, he sent off his purchase order with a solicitor's letter. He was well <laughs> aware of the battle he was going to face. You know, I think this is a perfect example of the American dream. You know, it's fighting against adversity with a lawyer. And then daddy capitalism put him in his place in the end. Let's explain what specific performance is in relation to contract law, because Alex mentions that at the beginning that the plaintiff, the guy, Leonard, uh, who's suing PepsiCo, is looking for a specific performance of what he's calling a contract. So what is that? Pierce, can you answer that question? (laughs) I can, uh, Gavin. Uh, Specific performance is whereby the terms of the contract are carried out as agreed, if I'm not mistaken. In other words, this guy who's watched the ad, who's got his 7 million Pepsi points and sent them off to Pepsi asking for the Harrier jet, is saying, we have a contract here. You made the offer in the ad. You said that if I collected 7 million Pepsi points and I sent them to you, well, then you'd give me the Harrier jet. Plain and simple. In order to understand this case, you have to understand the basics of contract law. It's all pretty straightforward. Let's explain. Some people jump to the conclusion that contracts have to be in writing. That's actually not true. Contracts can be verbal. Contracts can even be by your conduct and your behavior. But the three basic things that are necessary for a contract are offer, acceptance, and consideration. Now, an offer is when one person asks another person to enter into a contract with them. Acceptance is where the other person accepts that offer. They agree to all of the terms of the offer. And consideration is a promise or something of value that's exchanged between the parties, which makes the agreement legally binding and turns it into a contract. Advertisements don't generally constitute an offer unless it is so ridiculously unambiguous that no reasonable person would think otherwise. Yeah, generally, of course, in law, commercials, advertisements don't constitute offers. They constitute something different, which is an invitation to treat, which is extending the invite to prospective customers to come in and actually make the vendor an offer to purchase something. And then the onus to accept that flips to the vendor. So that's the general rule anyway. And obviously that is contested within this case. All right. So let's say you see a poster outside a shop saying donuts, 10 for one euro today only. And if you walk into that shop, you're not actually legally entitled to get those 10 donuts for one euro because the ad was just an invitation to treat. When you go into the shop, you, legally speaking anyway, have to make an offer for the donuts. So why is it that advertisements are considered invitations to treat rather than legal offers? Well, it's down to a very practical reason, and that's supply. So let's go back to the donut example. Let's put yourself in the feet of the donut seller. Let's say you put up an ad on Facebook where you're selling your 10 donuts for one euro and your sweet toothed fan base click into the ad in their droves and decide to buy donuts. And by buying the donuts online, they accept the offer. But you only have 100 donuts in total, enough for 10 customers. Yes, 20 people have clicked into the ad and bought your donuts online. 
if your advertisement online was a legally binding offer, then you would be obliged to give each of those 10 people 10 donuts, even though you don't have enough donuts for them. Now, my silly example aside, what do you guys think of the rationale behind this? Do you think this makes sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, particularly nowadays when markets are so big, you know, if it was, you know, we have so much mediums of advertising nowadays. If it was the local corner shop and you had a town population of, you know, a thousand people and you're selling eggs and milk, perhaps it's more feasible then for things to be constituted as offers. But nowadays, uh, with economies and scales, the markets are in their millions or potentially billions. And obviously, there is a a limited supply of these things and the idea that you can satisfy every customer with let's say the first batch of this product is uh, is crazy so of course for the purposes of business to to function you have to uh, give them a bit of leeway in terms of advertising advertisement can constitute an offer so in Lefkowitz versus great minneapolis surplus store mr morris Lefkowitz arrived at the store after seeing a newspaper announced it saying, Saturday, 9 a.m. sharp, three brand new Firth coats worth $100, first come, first served, $1 each. So he showed up, dollar in hand, thinking he was about to get a steal. Uh, but the owner of the store said that he couldn't have it because the offer was only open to ladies. What if now, you like dressing up in ladies' fashion? Well, in fairness, this was 1957, I presume, Minnesota. So I can't imagine they were that sensitive to such issues. But the court ruled that the plaintiff had fulfilled all the terms of the advertisement. He showed up at 9 a.m. They said that it was specific and left nothing open for negotiation and that a contract had been formed. So advertisements, if they are very specific, if they are very, very unambiguous, they can be an offer. Now, funnily enough, uh, you can actually apparently buy a used Harrier Jet uh, for about $1.5 million. So he was looking to get it for half price. Now, a new Harrier Jet costs about $23 million, apparently. They're quite outdated. A new F-35 costs about $120 million. Fully loaded, the Harrier can float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. I'll beat a roaring 14-ton butterfly and a bee with 9,200 pounds of bombs and missiles. Bless Thank you for that, Chuck. <laughs> uh, we're now going to Rush Limbaugh, who's uh, in studio. <laughs> What's your... Wolf Blitzer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put this ad up on the Legally Fond blog, legallyfond.blogspot.com, so you can watch it in its entirety and come to your own conclusions on it. Do you guys not think it's slightly misleading they put up the various promotional merchandise and on screen pops up the number of pepsi points you need to get the merchandise but there's no distinction between how they present that merchandise and how they present the harrier jet at the end they uh, in the same way they put up harrier jet seven million pepsi points however foolish you might have had to be to think you could actually get a harrier jet from pepsi do you not think it's kind of misleading well, it, it, the like ad if you direct... saw this ad as a child, for instance, people in the Pepsi generation are kids and young teens. The protagonist in the ad is in secondary school. Do you think that has any bearing on it? I mean, like, presuming now you're, you're of the age where you have the capacity to contract and, and make these small exchanges, then, um, 
I mean, these kids in high school, they're not idiots. They're, surely they're going to, they, they recognize the humorous value of it. They recognize that this is something that is, is virtually an impossibility. I think the statistic or something is that you'd have to drink over 100 bottles of Pepsi a day for 100 years to get the, the 7 million required to buy this Harrier jet off Pepsi. So it's, it's, not, it's not a real offer. And of course, well, they direct you to the, the order book the Pepsi order book, which is where you do you write them and say, I have enough tokens, whatever, and you send it in and you get your prizes. And in that booklet, there is no mention of the Harrier jet. So I, I think that alone shows that, yeah, this is just a, an advertising gimmick. But if there had been a mention of the Harrier jet in that booklet, would it have made it a legally binding offer? Yeah, but well, there, even in terms of words of limitation, it lacks limitation. Like Alex was saying, it's um, it's still quite ambiguous. You know, it's it there is room for negotiation. It's not so specific and exact and clear cut. Even with the other items in question here as well, the sunglasses and the T-shirt, it doesn't go into the details of how you actually fully obtain these. If you want to demonstrate the point that lawyers will argue anything for the sake of argument or on some mild technicality, this is it. This is the most ludicrous case you could possibly think of where a TV ad, perhaps literally construed, could mean, oh yeah, we're going to give you a Harrier jet, but when you, you know, have, you know, a couple of brain cells, you kind of realize that is just not going to happen. It's very clearly a stunt. Well, you say that, but as a result of this guy sending a couple of letters to PepsiCo looking for the Harrier jet and kind of hassling them, they actually altered the ad twice. Uh, the first alteration was they changed the amount of Pepsi tokens needed to get the Harrier jet from 7 million to 700 million. Mm. And then they altered it again to add in brackets, just kidding, after the number is emblazoned across the, the television. Presumably, this is to try and discourage people who may have been misled as to think this constituted an actual offer from pursuing uh, frivolous litigation to try and get these Harrier jets off PepsiCo. The judge goes into a lot of detail about how this does not constitute an offer and how this is a an exaggerated adolescent fantasy. He says... In the course of the ad, the force of the wind generated by the Harrier jet blows off one teacher's clothes, literally defrocking an authority figure. As if to emphasize the fantastic quality of having a Harrier jet arrive at school, the jet lands next to a plebeian bike rack. <laughs> so, I mean, it is it is funny to watch. Uh, but it, it's, it's more funny when you know that some guy said, I'm going to chance my arm here and try get Pepsi to give me a Harrier jet for next to nothing. He was a business student, by the way, this guy. He was 21 years old at the time. I wonder, so, I wonder how you keep a straight face saying this in court. Well, yeah. this guy, I, I think, think you're was being unfair on him. You think we're being unfair? No, no. It's cheeky. It's just, it's a bit of fun, like sending a solicitor's letter to an advertising agency saying, uh, if you don't send us instructions within 10 working days for the transfer of a Harrier jet, we're going to sue you. It's a different type of ambulance chasing. Well, now, Pepsi did try to placate him because they responded to the first letter by saying, you know, thanks and all that, but we're not, you know, we're going to send you back this check. Uh, but for your troubles, we're going to send you a few Pepsi coupons, which you can redeem. But, uh, sure. 
Yeah, like... You can't get the jet. Good try this time, pal, you know, kind of. But Pepsi has freedom to contract. It can make as ridiculous an offer as it wants. If it intended to give away this Harrier jet, it could have given away this Harrier jet. Like, people make ridiculously disadvantageous and unfair contracts the whole time. And it's not the role of a court to figure out whether a contract is unfair to one of the parties or not. That's not the, that's not the point. It's whether there's, like, if it was... Re- you have to convince a reasonable person. At this stage, Gavin, you're not being that reasonable. Yeah, and also well, the judge says... The judge says, because this whole thing is kind of set in the schoolyard scenario with this high school kid arriving to school and saying, oh, beats taking the bus because he has the Harrier jet. The judge says that, or the judge, uh, the judge opines that no school would provide landing space for a student's fighter jet or condone the disruption the jet's use would cause. Uh, that was an important point to clarify. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what, and this is, this is an idea for, we'll do it by the end of the season. You will write to Trinity College Dublin asking for permission to land we could use Harrier jet or a helicopter in front square. If they As your say- primary means of transportation to get to college on a daily basis. If they say yes, Gavin, I will give 50 euros to any charity of your choice. Okay, I'll offer accepted. Witness. Brilliant. So what is the threshold for how serious an offer has to be so that it can be considered genuine and legally enforceable? The conclusion of the judgment talked about the tongue-in-cheek attitudes of the commercial would not cause a reasonable person to conclude that a soft drink company would be giving away fighter planes as part of a promotion. How far does the company have to go to actually convince a reasonable person that Pepsi were going to give away a fighter plane? I have a feeling that standard is actually quite high. Like, there has to be, like, no, 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 we're actually serious about this. You know, we're definitely going to give you a fighter jet. Yeah, right. I think that's very true as well, because they mention another uh, famous case. Basically, like a bath bomb sort of a thing, I, I think, that they said, if you take this, you're not going to get influenza, you're not going to get you're not going to get the common cold and all this sort of stuff. And if you do, having taken this, uh, get these diseases, we will give you £100. And to show we're, we're not joking about this, to show we're being earnest, we've actually deposited £1,000 in uh, this particular bank to show oh. that we're really, you know, we're, we're serious about paying out. Pepsi doesn't do this. If they said we have a fleet of 10 Harrier jets in a warehouse ready to go for the first 10 people who come in with £7 million, then even then, it's, such, it's, so, it's so bizarre and it's so unimaginably true that you'd you, to make people believe it, I think. In that case, in the carbolic smoke ball case, Pierce, did you think, if you read that ad and you saw that in the paper, would you think that's a genuine offer? Uh, again, like, I mean, it has to be contextualized. I don't know when, I think this was like 100 years ago or something like that. So people probably bought into this kind of quack medicine a bit more. Um, and the fact like, yeah, because they, they say they make it quite clear, you know, to show we're serious, essentially. I think they literally use that phrase to show we're serious and to show we're not joking. We have deposited, deposited money in the bank um, to pay out. Uh, and it's like we're so confident of this of this gimmick that it will work. We're, we're actually you know putting our money where our mouth is kind of thing. So, yeah, I think that's uh, and that's what the court found as well. Yeah, you, they had to pay up. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's a there's actual evidence that they were going to do something. You know, I guess 
the equivalent would be if they literally put a fighter jet in a hangar somewhere, I don't know, Area 51, and said, this is yours if you give us 7 million Pepsi points, or then 700 million afterwards. Hey, look, if you're trying to build an army, I guess that's one way to do it. How serious or plausible does an offer have to be? Pierce, for example, I bet you a million euros that we will get above Ryan Tuberty in the Irish iTunes podcast charts with this episode. Now, in case you're in any doubt, I don't have a million euro to pay Pierce in case this doesn't come through. I have a pretty good knowledge uh, of who you are and your character and, and all of this. And I would probably recognize that that's in jest. And I would probably also appreciate the fact that you couldn't pay me a million euros if you wanted to kind of thing. Um, they do bring up a few cases like this, you know, on, on golf courses and things where, you know, somebody says, oh, I'll give you $5,000 if you get a hole in one here. And the, the, the kind of uh, the important part that they recognize is that the guy asks him, the guy who's hitting the shot, he says, are you serious? And the guy gives the affirmative and then he proceeds to get the hole in one and they deem it to be valid because he, he pushes him on it. He says, are you actually serious about this? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, of course I am. You know, do you take every kind of flippant statement like this as as a contract? No. But if you flesh it out a bit, then, yeah, I think there's there's certainly room and, and, and cases that arise where this this can be be uh, be found to be a, a genuine contract. Yeah, I think there's a kind of uh, almost a sort of fail safe of like, you know, you read like you really mean it. You're really going to give me a fighter jet. Like there has to be enough to convince the reasonable person that this is an actual offer. That's the point. And if the jet, as I said earlier, if the jet had been subsequently put in the catalog of Pepsi merchandise, that you I don't think just, I don't think just that would have done it. I think especially for like how ludicrous it is, like it's a fighter jet. The primary mission of a Harrier jet, according to the United States Marine Corps, is to attack and destroy surface targets under day and night visual conditions. Whereas the primary purpose of the other items that are shown in the ad are sunglasses, leather jacket and T-shirt. They're pieces of clothing. OK, they're pieces of fashion. Right. So I think it's distinguished by its simply by its nature. This is not well, a conventional fashion kills. Maybe it's just the kind of completion of the Top Gun starter pack, you know, leather jacket, T-shirt, sunglasses. You know, you're just on your way to being Tom Cruise. You know, that's a, yeah. I think that's an original observation. Yeah, that's very. Yeah, that's good. Um, so where did this so-called Pepsi generation actually fit in? Did they come after millennials and between Gen Z or was, was that it sociologically? It's quite arbitrary, the interpretation of what the Pepsi generation actually constitutes, um, because not only do you have to be young, OK, that's that's the first prerequisite, but you also have to have an adventurous spirit. And crucially, the notion of obtaining a Harrier jet has to appeal to you enormously. Um, so it's, well, it's I know kind you of I mean, the third box there, Pierce. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's quicker, you know, than the train up to Dublin, I'd say, from Kerry, is it? Marginally, yes. One thing I'm just looking at here was, you know, they're talking about whether the uh, commercial was evidently done in jest. They talk about the individual consuming it will become more attractive, stylish or desirable and admired by all. And that's also ultimately the message they're they're sending from the, the Pepsi ad, I think, um, that by drinking Pepsi, you're going to be cool uh, and people are going to be impressed by you wearing a Pepsi t-shirt or a leather jacket 
or sunglasses. Um, but uh, oh, that's ultimately, on, that I think, what they're saying. That is what I said in the judgment. But, uh, but do you agree with that? You rock up with a Pepsi leather jacket on you, Pierce. This is the 90s, Gavin. Anything goes, is it? Need I remind 90s? you? Well, I bet you if you went into one of these vintage shops in Dublin today, you'd probably find one of these promotional leather Pepsi jackets for sale for 70 quid or something. Like, probably probably for close to, yeah, about 7 million euro or something yeah. like that. <laughs> the markup on them is crazy. So the judge was none too plussed with Mr. Leonard who decided to sue Pepsi. He said it was clear from the ad that the offer of a Harrier jet was not to be taken seriously. He said, well, it wasn't really an offer at all. It was just an invitation to treat because it was an ad. And as we said earlier, if it was going to be an offer, it would have to be unambiguous, clear and contain all the terms and details. But in effect, what this ad was doing was saying, here's all this promotional stuff that you can get from Pepsi. But you can see all the details and terms and conditions about it in a promotional catalogue. And in that promotional catalogue, while there was a mention of the leather jacket, of the uh, t-shirt and the sunglasses you could take, there was, no me- there was no mention of the Harrier jet. So therefore, Pepsi had made no offer. And that wraps up episode 6 of Legally Fond. We hope you learned something about contract law. Pierce. On behalf of uh, Gavin and Alex and all the team behind Legally Fond, uh, I would like to thank everyone who has sent in their questions, queries, comments and feedback on our work so far. And we'd encourage you to keep them sending, uh, sending any topics or legal questions you have into us. We're currently in the process of, of uh, analysing them, reading through them and uh, working on our answers. And hopefully we'll get back to you very soon with some so- short and simple explanations. Mm-hmm.